0: grown beer welcome back to the elevate polk podcast i'm your host chris ann long and with me again my friend my co-pilot nate the great kendra
1: <laughs> well, i love the intros every single time is different i love <laughs> gotta it gotta find a new way to say it <laughs> i know i know it's otherwise good it here. gets old <laughs> yeah true true very true
0: and i'm excited to have my friend Dan Thunberg from Swan Brewing here on our show with us today. Welcome.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, very, very nice to be here.
0: So, I want you to say something about the studio because you didn't know anything about it when you walked in and you had some comments about this place. So, Mm. just share with our audience members. A little bit about your immediate response to this room
2: yeah I, I, I was like whoa this is legit it's <laughs> uh, I mean I I have done several podcasts you know the majority of them sitting on somebody's couch or mm. you know in somewhere loud where you can hear background noise but this is legit like full soundproof you know green screen I'm, I'm impressed
0: awesome and I'm working on having you start your very own podcast so this would be a place for you to launch that I'm, idea I'm, I'm
2: down, I'm down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and anyone else listening if you're uh, dreaming of a podcast at some point in time I would love to have a conversation with you about how to make that a reality. So, But let's get into the story of you, my friend. Um, I will tell the audience how I actually came to know you. Um, Was one day, I was walking down the amazing farmer's market that has grown even more amazing over the years. Mm. And I see this guy with this drink period, local period, Lakeland t-shirt. And I stopped and I go, oh my gosh, I need to have one of those. (laughs) And it, unbeknownst to me, I think we were already connected on social. I just didn't know you personally. And so you're like, yeah, I know who you are. And I'm like, oh, hi. I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but since then, it's like we became fast friends, and it's just been fun to get to know you since then. So tell us the story of how you got here from, from, from before the farmer's market.
2: Sure. Uh, so I'm I'm not originally from Lakeland. I'm I'm from Tampa, mm. um, and I came to Lakeland in kind of a very roundabout way. I um, I moved up to Ohio during um, the 2008 recession, um, and then got transferred to South Florida. Met my my wife. We were dating at the time. She um, had a townhouse here and. She got promoted and said that she was moving out of South Florida uh, to get work at the Orlando office, and she was going to move back to Lakeland. And asked if I wanted to go or if I wanted to stay in South Florida. Mm. Uh, of course, I did not want to stay in South Florida. <laughs> so uh, we came to uh, we came to Lakeland early 2013, uh, and I instantly fell in love. i I'd, I'd been here in my younger days, but it was it was nothing like in 2013. It was still. It was growing and up and up and coming, but uh, you know, I I remember from the mid to late '90s when there was nothing here, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just kind of wowed. And you know, I, I I knew instantly that I was going to love it here because the town was absolutely gorgeous. Still had that small town charm, but you could tell that big things were going to start happening. Mm. Um, when I got here. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I I've done I've done so many things, and I i I had. You know some ideas for what I wanted to do in the future but uh, you know I didn't I didn't know if I could make things work here um, and so I, I've had a passion for for beer for you know, forever uh, I started working uh, at an Anheuser-Busch distributorship um, as soon as I turned 21
0: I don't think you're the only person who has had a passion for beer for a very long time.
2: <laughs> well, my, mine is uh craft beer. I I got into I got into craft beer when it first really started to hit Florida when we when, you know, in the the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, when when you started to see these little sprinklings of these small breweries. Now, of course, they are not small breweries anymore. But, you know, I remember the first time that I ever had a fat tire by New Belgium. Like, mm. What, what mm. is this beer? Mm. You yeah. know, or a, a flying dog ale. You know, and it's like th- these are things that I had never experienced before. Um, you know, I was always that, that guy that enjoyed the macro lagers. Like I said, I, I worked for an Anheuser-Busch distributorship uh, for several years in my early 20s. And I just I, I drank, you know, Bud and Bud Light. Mm-hmm. That's just what I drank. I was required to. And, it was uh, part of the job. It was part of the job. I got paid <laughs> to do it. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, I I just by accident discovered craft beer. And I said, okay, there's something more to this. And that's where I started to learn the process of actually making it, making it uh, myself. And like I said, this is my early 20s. Um, and then I started, you know, like everybody else did, to notice that the craft beer was booming. You know, uh, as you start to get into like kind of the mid to late 2000s. You know, a Cigar City opened in 2008. Tampa was starting to become a vibrant craft beer scene. You know, you had Asheville starting to take off. You know, all these cool West Coast breweries—they're still cool, but now the East Coast is starting to catch up. Mm. And so, I—that's when the wheels started turning in my head. Okay, mm. if I get this chance—if I anybody ever wants to give me a huge chunk of money, <laughs> how can I make this happen? And it's, so, this is—you know—late 2000s, mid uh, 2000 or 2010 so when I got here, uh, I really started to get serious about it. Um, you know, I, I realized that I didn't want to get back into the corporate world. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to sit there and have to punch time clock anymore. I, mm. I wanted to do something for myself. Um, but I didn't have any money. Mm. <laughs> I was
0: broke. <laughs> Story <laughs> of our lives. You know, I you was know,
2: still broke, but I was even <laughs> more broke back then. Um, and so I, it, my wife had a great idea. She said, look, why don't you go and see if you can do something down at the farmer's market. It's a relatively cheap investment. You know, mm-hmm. You're going to spend a thousand, $2,000 to get by supplies and a tent, you know, uh, tables, whatever you're going to need and, and see if this is even a viable market. You know, what, what does the craft beer scene look like here? Um, in, in Lakeland and, you know, I knew I couldn't sell beer, you know, per se, but right. you know, there's a huge correlation between craft brewers, the right. amount of craft brewers and the amount of craft beer drinkers. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's really why I started there. What I found out was, one there's no margins in selling craft beer supplies, but there are margins in selling merchandise. Mm-hmm. Mm. So hello T-shirt, the <laughs> drink local Lakeland T-shirt, and the I Hop LKLD. You uh, know we had a whole bunch of other ones. So when I realized that you know I was selling three to four hundred dollars on a Saturday in T-shirts and maybe fifty to sixty dollars in in home brewing supplies. Um, that we were go we were good to go for for doing a brewery but we needed to make sure that we were very very conscious about our branding. Yeah. And you know and you know as well as anyone that you know your brand is everything. You know be very protective about it and be able to understand how to properly execute marketing. Uh and and your liquid has to be good, your image and the way that you present yourself has to be even better. Yeah. And so you know, we, we went in and we started, you know, um, kind of tweaking our business plan, which Christian, my partner, and I had uh, been developing for quite a long time. We didn't meet until, it's like 2015. But we both had business plans for a craft brewery, mm. and we put them side by side and realized they were almost identical. Wow. wow. So, uh, it was really, we actually met at Molly's. Awesome. And, oh, wow. and opened the business plans, and, and they were almost <laughs> identical. So, all right, cool, let's have a beer. Let's go ahead and tweak this a little bit. Now we need to find money.
0: Right. And right, so,
2: right. Uh, you know, luckily we, we came across our, our other partners who were able to help secure uh, the financing. Who we also in, love beer. They also love beer. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so kind of the, the rest is history. I mean, there's, there's a lot more involved and it's a lot more in-depth, you know, um, the trials and tribulations that went along with it. But that's that's the basic story of how of how we got here.
0: So I want to circle back. I want to I want to dig in a little bit. You said something a couple of things. One was your wife kind of said, "Hey, I'm moving. You want to come or do you want to stay?" Mm-hmm. And then you said, "Um, she said, "Well, why don't you do this farmers market thing?" So I want to know mm-hmm. a little bit more about her role in kind of the supportive side of things, like encouraging, su- suggesting these ideas, giving you kind of that ability to take these giant leaps in mm-hmm. some cases and, and do these things. Talk about that whole process and how that works in your relationship with her.
2: Um, so I, mean, I think for me, and, and I think with anybody else, um, we all have the fear.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, um, I, I like to describe it. You ever seen that scene in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas where Johnny Depp had just done a whole bunch of acid and he's there in the bar and all the lizard people are all mm-hmm. around him. And, you know, they're fairly innocuous. But, you know, no, <clears throat> there's they're not doing anything wrong to me. He's just completely freaked out to be in that scenario. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, that's kind of that's my fear on a daily basis. Okay. And it kind of it kind of keeps me from doing and pushing boundaries or going places that I, I I'm probably safe to go in. But I don't have enough confidence to do. Wow. And so this is where my wife comes in. Mm. Um, she's the one that's grabbing me by the hand and saying, look the lizard people aren't real <laughs> and you you have plenty mm. uh um, y- 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 plenty of sense to make this happen yeah. you you can go out and you can do this um i know we absolutely would not have opened this place if she wouldn't have pushed me to mm. to just do it
0: i have the absolute like well, goosebumps all over yeah, right now because yeah. i think that story just right there says everything about the importance of having that person whether mm-hmm. that's your wife your husband a friend a confidant a relative or not a relative, you've got to have that person who's going to talk you out of your fears and hold up the mirror and let you see what you are because sometimes you can't see that yourself.
1: Yeah. I I want to dive in a a little bit to the part where you were talking about raising financing because I think that's extremely important Mm -hmm. for people to kind of understand what that process looks like because, again, you said you were broke, you didn't have any money, but you had a plan. Right. You had some, some traction with the farmer's market. How did you guys start going and pursuing that and securing the financing cuz i to 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 me especially for for someone that's starting out it almost kind of seems like where do we go mm-hmm. who do we contact who, yeah. we, who do we connect with right and that's uh i i'll admit i was very dumb i i had no idea who to
2: go to mm. you know i knew banks lend money that's you know that was about the yeah. extent of it <laughs> i had no idea about SBA i had no idea um, private lending, angel investors, or any of that. Mm. Um, there, I, b- before I went in and actually started to look at private financing or bank financing or SBA or any of that, I, I actually did have quite a few conversations with um, the people at Score
1: mm. um,
2: to to kind of. I, I have a degree in business administration, but even with that degree in business administration, I was I still felt incredibly dumb mm. about going and finding money. It's just one of those things that are really taught. Um, you know, at any primary or secondary education. Yeah. Does, it,
0: does a professor ever have the experience to teach you how to go out after finding money, right? No, like no. <laughs> that's just the problem with the idea of a BA or, mm-hmm. you know, of, of, any, of, of any of that because a professor is taught out of a book, mm-hmm. not usually out of life. Yep. Right. And for those of you that are professors that are teaching out of life, kudos to you. Keep doing that. For those of you that are, are hearing me and saying I'm insulting the professors that I'm not, Mm-mm. it's just the reality is the reality. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have a little bit of, of life skills to be able to teach it to somebody else.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'd, I'll give kudos to all my professors. I think they're great. You know, I learned about contract law. I learned about marketing. You know, I learned about supply chain management. I learned all the things that I needed once I got up and running. Mm-hmm. But it was that first part, how to get up and running. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way to start a business. Is where um, it was kind of lacking. Uh, so I, I, I met with um, our, our score people here in town, and you know, it was just a couple of meetings. I remember the first one, and I was almost embarrassed to do it. My son um, was just a couple of months old, and you know my wife she, I mean even to this day, I mean, she, she's the breadwinner. Um, but I was, I was a stay-at-home dad. I was dad, you know doing daddy daycare. And I took my kid with me in his little sling to my SCORE meeting, mm. and I set him in the corner. who's was sleeping, but I set him in the corner of the room, and I laid out my plan to the SCORE mentor. And I think that was the first time that anybody had actually walked in with, like, their kid and yeah. said, I want to start a business. Here's my plan. Can you help me with this? Wow. And uh, I have this
0: awesome visual, and it's just very endearing. because yeah,
2: You've met my kid. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've, I've met your kid. He's not in a, in a, in a, in a sling anymore. No. Yeah. And I've also... There's a gruff side of the person that is sitting here having this conversation with us that is mostly the person that we know and and love, Mm -hmm. right? But then there's the sensitive guy who's, like, vulnerably walking into a place where I'm dumb and I don't understand what I need to do here. Mm -hmm. And I have this kid, and I have a dream, Mm -hmm. and I have a wife who's allowing me to go pursue this dream, so help me, people. And there you go.
1: And you're not hiding anything. This is where you're at. Mm
0: -hmm. I think
2: that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the smartest thing I ever— did was to realize that I was dumb Mm. and um, you know and I think that was that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make is to think that you know absolutely everything and that your idea is perfect Mm. and that you know exactly how much money you're going to need and that your idea is going to work and I'm so glad that I didn't just run with what I thought was going to work um, because I would have failed a long time ago Um, I you know I I was able to take criticism and, and understand that you know Maybe my idea wasn't exactly perfect, that I didn't need to have a combination homebrew supply slash brewery slash tap room.
0: Right. Know, maybe we can
2: take some of those things out because mm-hmm. there's one too many elements. And maybe I don't need to have a full-fledged restaurant in there, too, that is bound to fail, mm. you know? So let, maybe maybe we go ahead and we kind of tweak things here and understand that we need to focus on what is the most important, what's going to be the best for the customers that we're looking to serve. Um, so yeah, I mean that's uh you know financing when we we get back to that. I had no idea. And this is where um being able to talk to score mentor was and and I it, any business or or person who is looking business owner anybody who's looking for financing or looking to start a business, I would absolutely recommend talking to a score mentor. Mm. They're you know, I, I and for people that don't know who they are, they're, they're usually retired business professionals that have done very, very well in their career and they're looking to just, you know, philanthropically give back um, to, you know, up and coming business people. You know, um, I, I know the, the guy that I met with and I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but he had a very, very successful real estate business for many, many years and owned a manufacturing firm and a couple of other things. Uh, and he was he was the one that you know told me that you know half of my ideas were just absolutely bonkers and mm-hmm. weren't going to work and it was going to be way too expensive and I needed to focus on what we were going to do best. Mm.
0: <sighs> so there are people who will hear the person saying your ideas are bonkers and those aren't going to work, mm-hmm. and they will walk away yeah. from that advice and they will say you don't get it, you're dumb, right. you don't understand me. I can make it work, mm-hmm. but you, on the other hand, heard that mm-hmm. and listened and applied it and said, "Okay, you're smarter than I am. Right. Let me hear what you have to say and let me apply what you're saying to shifting." Because ultimately, at the end of the day, what you wanted was to succeed, right. not to just have this like beating on the chest and saying, "I opened this business." Right? Right? You wanted it to succeed, so that is another gem of a of a of a nugget right there mm-hmm. for for people to to think about. Put your ego. In the back burner yep. and start listening to the people who you're actually asking for help.
2: Right when you're Scrooge, been ducking it after ten <laughs> years, go ahead and inflate your ego and pound yeah. your chest until until you're at that point. Mm. Um, you know, just understand that n- nine times out of the ten, you're probably going to be one of the dumbest people in the room. Mm. You know, especially when you're amongst a crowd like that, and be able to take advice. And and you know, if somebody tells you that you don't, you know, your idea might not succeed you know take that to heart Mm -hmm. you know don't they're not they're not there most of the time people aren't just telling you that because they want to see you fail you know they don't want to see your great idea come to fruition or they don't get it look there are not too many new ideas Mm -hmm. you know everybody we're we're rehashing stuff at this point right Mm -hmm. some people are just doing it a little bit better Mm -hmm. so you know when you come you know with this idea look we're going to do these new craft doilies and i'm sorry if i offend the new craft doilies entrepreneurs out there You're not going to go and and change the world with craft doilies anymore. You know, unless you are a brand new idea that is uh, very well funded and is uh, able to go and completely change the world, your idea has been taken. You just need to be able to take those great ideas that you have
1: and be able to execute them properly. Mm. I love that. I love that because so many people, again, like you said, they'll, They'll say, "Oh man, I I invented this new thing, or I have this new concept." Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's you know, it's just really reinventing the the wheel. But at mm-hmm. the end end of the day, like you said, every everybody has ideas. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to execution. And I really like what you said about when you were going to the SCORE mentor about being focused. Because again, when people are talking about all these different ideas, and oh, I have this concept, I have this concept, I have this. If you're not focused, it's like you you can only spend so much of your energy on right. so many things without being mm-hmm. spread too paper thin. One of the things, I was listening to a a YouTuber, and he said, I didn't become successful until I started focusing on one thing, and then I honed that skill. Mm
0: -hmm. Boom. I wrote that down when he was saying that. I said, do one thing first. Yep. You can't do them all, so do the one, one thing. And then if you have time later, once you've perfected the first thing, Mm -hmm. then bring in the second and the third if you so desire. Sure. That one thing's gonna take you a bit. Yeah. So be ready to wait a little while.
2: Yep. I mean, we still suck at making beer.
0: Oh no, you don't. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you've proven that to be completely false. Um, so let's let's dig in and let's talk a little bit more about beer for a minute. Like let's let's talk about what's coming on tap, what's been on tap. What are you know a person who is maybe sitting under a rock and has not been to Swan Brewing. Um, what would they experience coming in for the first time and then you know what are your what are your best sellers what's 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 still you know cooking and what's kind of you know moving forward yeah so uh
2: the craft beer industry has been uh, and obviously the pandemic's done amazing things for the craft beer industry <laughs> forcing everyone to shut down um uh, but it's it's caused us to um kind of rethink how we do things you know we not that we weren't set in our ways by any means but we had we were very focused on how we wanted to drive the brewery you know Polk County is not the same as Hillsborough it is not the same as Orange correct yeah so we you know we couldn't be those hype quote-unquote hype breweries that are sitting there doing uh you know 15 bottle releases of some motor oil imperial stout every single week and expecting people to line up 600 people deep we knew uh that we needed to make good beer uh for people that appreciated drinking good beer uh but didn't necessarily want to have some kind of uber-fruited, sour, you know, super, ultra-duct, they wanted to drink those, but they didn't want that to be the only thing available. So we wanted to focus on making really uh, well-defined and understood styles of beer, West Coast-style IPAs, lagers, blonde ales, you know, very easily approachable beers that were within a good ABV so that you could sit there and have quite a few and enjoy and not be completely schnockered at the end of the night. Right. So we decided um, that that was going to be our goal, was to make kind of quote-unquote old-world-style beers execute um, 100% on them and make them very, very approachable. We wanted to be able to um, attract 95% of the beer drinkers out there. Craft beer tends to focus. You know, you've got your IPA breweries, or you've got your imperial stout breweries, or you've got your sour breweries and they kind of compartmentalize themselves we didn't want to be that we wanted to be the ones that say okay we are appealing to the masses here yeah and so that's what we kind of did from the beginning and we and you'll see that in some of the beers that you know really have never left the bean for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. um but even though the name has had to change because of a, uh, you know cease and desist order and stuff oh, like boy. that <laughs>
0: mm.
2: it's fine everybody gets them uh but the bean has been a staple since day one. It wasn't originally supposed to be. It was supposed to be uh, a beer that we released for a grand opening, uh, and as soon as that batch was gone, we weren't going to make it again. It's a very interesting beer. It's a coconut coffee blonde ale. Uh, cool thing about that, uh, that beer will never go away. It's just we, it is our number one, number two seller, depending on the week. Um, but the cool thing about it is we, and, and this is true for all of our beers we use coffee in, we exclusively use Ethos coffee. Mm. Um, That's and, awesome. We have a fantastic relationship with uh, Lizbeth and uh, and Julian over there at Julian, sorry Julian at uh, at Ethos, because we 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 believe in the same principles that they do. Yeah, you know, you need to be able to do well by your, you know, the people that you are purchasing your product for. Mm. You know, and it's more it just goes beyond fair trade. Mm. You know, this is we pay a lot of money for this coffee that we use, um, but we want to make sure that we are getting the best product on the planet. And we're doing right by the people that we're purchasing it from, and so uh, we 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 use Ethos Coffee in it. It's a, a coffee you can actually buy at the at the market. It's called Puakil. It has a fantastic flavor, uh, and the way that we use it, it pulls out a lot of the chocolate notes in it. So you get that chocolate, mm. coconut, Mounds bar yeah. type flavor, but it's in a blonde ale, an easy drinking blonde ale, mm-hmm. um, and it's like it's five or five and a half percent. Okay. So you can sit there and have quite a few of them. Mm. It is
0: one of my favorites. Yeah.
2: This is a good beer. Mm-hmm. Um me, I don't I, I, I don't really like the sweet beers. Mm-hmm. I, I like more of a, the traditional style. So our you know, our our West Coast style IPA is straight out of Lakeland. Um Christian and I, when we got into craft beer, and it's not telling you we discovered the IPAs, it was Lagunitas. you know, it mm-hmm. was stone, you know, it was Sierra Nevada, mm. and you know, that really bitter piney, you know, great fruity flavor. Well we wanted to make that everybody else was starting to make this shift to what's considered a new england or east coast style pale ale where it basically looks like orange juice in a glass uh, they're super sweet sometimes they're made with lactose and it's kind of just whatever they're super hazy mm. we're, not, we're not into those and so we wanted to kind of just go back old school and say look this is the beer that we grew up drinking it was fantastic uh we want to just do it 10 times better and so mm. we've refined that over the last few years and Absolutely amazing beer. But what's coming up is now that we have kind of been pressured by COVID to um, kind of expand our mindset a little bit and to be a little bit more creative in, in how we do beers, obviously we're bringing back our, our pilot system. Our pilot system is where we just go and we start playing, you know, start throwing stuff in and, and seeing what works. Yeah, It may or may not ever see the market, but we're going to go play with it. First one that we have coming out, um, we actually, and uh, we were talking a little while ago, we got approached by the University of Florida um, to do a collaboration with them. And uh, for those that don't know, uh, the University of Florida has really been working hard to find a way to fix some of the citrus issues that we've been having. Mm -hmm. You know, citrus greening has really just destroyed, you know, many, many thousands of acres of, of orange groves. And you've got farmers with empty fields that just have, Nothing to do. So what the University of Florida is trying to do is they're trying to find an alternative crop to grow here. Um, and hops, because they grow vertically <coughs> excuse me um, are, are a great alternative hmm. um, and to, to be able to use in the orange fields. And so that's what they're trying to do. The problem is our climate kind of sucks for them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, American hops tend to grow very, very well in the Pacific Northwest, um, where they need kind of that cold snap. Um, to kind of send them back into dormancy, uh, for them to to regrow for their um, for the next harvest, and we just don't get that here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of the same with strawberries. How you get those really, really super sweet strawberries after you get that one cold snap, you know, usually in February. Um, but hops need it even colder. They love you know that that you know constant kind of forty degree temperature. So what they've been doing is they have been cultivating and and bioengineering. I don't, I don't want to call it, uh, you know, <laughs> let's just call it what it is. You know, it's It's not GMO by any means, but it's their bio. Basically, they're grafting different hop varieties t- together to see um, to get them so that they're moisture resistant, disease resistant and, and can grow well here in our soil. So they've taken uh, Cascade, which is uh, traditionally a very, very famous Pacific Northwest uh, hop that is used in West Coast style IPAs. And and started to grow that here in several places in central Florida. Hmm. Um, so uh, we worked with the IFAS uh, Center down in uh, Waimama, Balm area. Um, they sent us a whole bunch of hops and said, we want to make a beer with you. So we had those guys come up here one day, uh, and we made an IPA. And it was so amazing working with those guys because these are the biologists. Mm-hmm. That are growing these, you yeah. know, these aren't well, just like some beer nerds, right, you know, they're right. like, oh, we want to come make you there's know, the it. There's the science here. There's,
0: yeah, we're not used to that.
2: You know, if you ever come brew with us, uh, and I believe yeah, you actually yeah, are supposed we're, were supposed to come brew with us. A, yeah, we supposed
0: to have a, there was this thing called COVID, I think that put everything That kind of just
2: put, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever come brew with us, we, uh, it's all fairly loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do go through our processes and, you know, we're, you know, we're making sure we're measuring everything. But as far mm-hmm. as... Uh, being super scientific and nerdy about what we're doing, we focus a lot on drinking beer and having a good time. You know, <laughs> after all, we're you know we we started off as homebrewers. You know, mm. brewing in the backyard, drinking beer, listening to Skinnerd. You know, mm. um,
0: do you still listen to
2: Skinnerd when you're brewing, or it do depends you? on actually what we're brewing. If we're brewing straight out of Lakeland, uh, we put it on the old school rap channel. Oh, nice, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, it makes it taste better. I'm sure. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you had these guys from from IFAS come out, and you could tell the ones that weren't. I mean, this if they were, there was some that weren't beer drinkers, but were really super into making sure that this plant grew. And then you had the guys are like, "Yeah, I drink beer, and I'm so glad that I I made this hop as That's well." That's cool. Well, we didn't realize it, we kind of knew that it was going to happen, but the cascade that is grown here is not the same as what is grown in the Pacific Northwest. I'm sure a little bit of has to do with the bioengineering they're doing. We see this as well when different hop varietals are grown across the globe. So they they took Cascade and started growing it in New Zealand, and mm. the flavors changed, mm. the aroma changed, all for the better. Mm. Um, same thing happened with this hop. What we're already starting to notice is beer isn't even done yet. But normally, you know, uh, Cascade's grapefruit and pine, and you know, kind of be super bitter. This one is cantaloupe and honeydew, oh, and wow. just like Flavors that you would expect from, like, the Orange Groves hmm. in, in, in Central Florida. Wow. You know? It's going to be super, super interesting, super happy about this beer. Uh, When's it coming? It's not going to be long. It's going to be just a couple weeks. Okay, um, cool. Can't tell you the name of it yet, and I don't know that it would be even appropriate to, to say it on your podcast because some of our beers tend to have inappropriate names.
0: Yeah, so. well, you'll have to go check it out and ask for the Gator beer, That's and I'm right. sure at that point beer. in time yeah. people yeah, will know. It yes,
2: you, it will be a Gator. What it's beer. called? Yes. So we we'll we'll will have leave a of little social,
0: surprise for you. Plenty of
2: social <clears throat> media about it. Um, and then you know, as the summer goes, we've got uh, a whole bunch of different uh, summer varietals that'll be coming out. You know, things will quench your palate.
0: So I want to talk about um, a couple of things you said a little bit ago. One is, you did the studying of the model you wanted to build this brewery, mm-hmm. and there is no restaurant. There is no um, hood and right. all of the things that go with having to, you know, extra investment of having to put all those things together so you could have a kitchen. Right. Um, so that was intentional. And what I what it does to me is two things. One is you 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 studied it and you looked into how the successful breweries were being successful around you mm-hmm. and wherever you were studying. But it also recommends it suggests to me that you you know understand and embrace your market. Yes. So you looked at Polk County and you didn't look at it as there's there's something wrong with <laughs> this. It was more of like this is Polk County, and I want to appeal to Polk County. Mm-hmm. I don't want to try and bring a Hillsborough idea to Polk County. You understand and embrace us. So right. I am a beer drinker, but I am not a craft beer drinker. Right. And I, I made fun
2: of you that for that many many times. Many times, yes. but
0: in in very playful ways. <laughs> and only one time did I get offended. <laughs> 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 but the 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 thing is that I feel welcome there, and I feel like there is something for me. Even though I have pedantic beer taste, right it's not like I'm not a but you're not a beer snob, mm-hmm. you're recognizing that there's something for everyone and sure. there needs to be something for everyone and so I love that that you did that and I want you to to talk about some of that research why why you didn't put in a restaurant so mm-hmm. for those of you that have not been again I'm referring to you guys that are sleeping under rocks um you're you're gonna go and you're gonna see a food truck mm-hmm. and that is intentionally built that way yes um
2: so I be before we started building at Swan, I had been to 175 breweries. I, I, I yeah, I counted. It was all market them. research. It was market research. Um, I and it was not just uh, breweries in the United States. Went to breweries um, in South America, Central America, the Caribbean, Europe. Um,
0: you went to see the monks, didn't you?
2: Uh, so that was not. That was after we opened. It was all, yeah, okay. so. Uh, but yes, I, I have been to Belgium. <laughs> uh, and uh, but that was. It, the European model really is what kind of uh, hit me, but how the American model was run was kind of how we wanted to set up. But I, I kind of wanted to blend the two. So w- what I did is is out of the 175 brewers that we went to, um, I, I I asked the owners and the bartenders and the brewers what worked, what didn't work, what would you have done different? Mm. And you started to see the same pattern over and over and over again. The people that had restaurants if there was available food around them or they had the ability to put food trucks in, regretted putting in the kitchen. Mm. Um, So I'll, I'll, you know, that first. And the reason being is, are you a brewery at that point or are you a restaurant? Right. Mm. And it all comes back to that, do one thing. There you go. And do it well. Mm. So I could be a brewery in a restaurant and half-ass both of them. Mm. Or I could do one thing and do it well and let the people who really know what they're doing or who are focused on that other thing come in and do that. I can sit there and make my 3% margin by having a restaurant in there and have all that additional stress. Or I can have no margin but be able to focus more on something that is possibly going to make me more money. Yeah. Mm. So that was that was written in stone from the beginning. We are not putting a restaurant in. There is absolutely no way, a- aside from the cost savings you talked about. You know the hood and you know the oversized grease trap and the you know it's just it goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, but it was I really we knew that we weren't focusing on beer. I didn't I didn't want to be a restaurant. Mm. Yeah, you know, we have plenty of great restaurateurs here in town that um, you know can have fantastic restaurants. Um. And, as far as the way that we we built the tap room and kind of the environment that we built, that comes from the european model though the European model is very beer garden focused mm-hmm. and it's family focused you know um a lot of breweries um some of the pretentious ones you know will will be anti kids anti pets mm-hmm. you know come in there we you know we want the beer snobs to come in who are going to appreciate the product and I'm fine if that's what you want to run your model.
0: And mm. there's no stigma around mm. the kids being there, no. right? No. Like that's that's the antithesis of of right. what they're talking mm-hmm. about.
2: Right. That the European model is the brewery is the place that the families go to meet. You have mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunts and uncles.
1: Mm.
2: Kids running around, you know, the kids are going to sit there and play games, they're mm. going to have snacks. They're going to have little juices or waters or whatever. They're going to sit there and play games with the, each other, and mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, uncles, and aunts are going to have a, a pint or two and sit there and talk about their day. Right. What they'd, And this is the reason that I wanted to do it is when I saw it, I looked around these European beer gardens, and nobody was looking at their phone. They were there engaged. A, there wasn't a phone to be seen. Wow. They were having real conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing most of the time whenever you go out there uh, and you sit at our patio. You look around and try to find somebody on their phone, you know, unless they're looking at our menu, because you can pull up our menu, obviously, online. Right.
0: Welcome back to the QR codes. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um,
2: they're sitting there and they're actually having real conversations. And and I I, I, I long for those. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm nostalgic and I'm, you know, I'm I'm getting old and, you know, I'm being salty about, you know, the digital world. But.
0: Well, you've created the place that serves the people that you enjoy being around. Mm -hmm. And so by having a place where you can have intention, I mean, all of our conversations are intentional conversations. It's hard to stop having a conversation with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I feel. And I feel like that's it's like when when I see you, I'm like, hey, it's good to see you. I know you're working and then you'll always find a way to come over and we'll get in immediately Mm -hmm. into some deep discussion about whatever's going on. And, and that that's a testament to the knowing who you are and walking boldly in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And not being apologetic or creating something you said earlier kind of to reach the masses of Polk, but Mm -hmm. you're, but you're not, you're reaching the those that this is going to serve because this is the kind of place that you wanted to create for them. And those that are embracing it are your people. Right.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, I think Polk County. You know, Polk County is very family focused. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are still a very very traditional community, and I I appreciate that. Uh, and but, you know, being a traditional community that means you know family focused. Mm. So when we say looking at the masses, understanding that Polk County is super family focused, build a place for families to go.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah.
2: You know, that's beyond you know being able to go to a park or being able to go to the play place at your fast food or restaurant or you know. Yeah. So in in. You know adults are still allowed to have fun responsibly mm-hmm. you know and and what we have found is you know the majority of people that come in are very very responsible right you know they understand that you know they're in that environment they can temper themselves and really just enjoy you know and not go overboard I mean, one of the reasons we don't have liquor there you yeah Yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know um, it, but it, it we we always wanted that and we wanted to make sure that we understood what our demographic was Our demographic was families Our demographic was people who enjoyed a well-crafted product that wasn't pretentious. Mm -hmm.
0: Building Better Businesses, a live virtual meeting with Donald Miller and the Polk County business community. Hey, Polk County business leaders, you're invited to join me on June 16th at 4 p.m. Eastern time to meet Don Miller, the man behind StoryBrand, Business Made Simple, and a whole lot more. Join us for this unique opportunity to be connected with the business leaders in our community and one of the greatest thought leaders of the current day. He's on a mission to help entrepreneurs succeed and he has some great ideas on how we might do just that in our little neck of the woods. In this meeting we'll get the chance to hear from Don about his most recent book, Business Made Simple, and the vision he has for making mission critical resources available for entrepreneurs around the world to guide them as they build better businesses. We hope you'll be there to hear from Don and to connect with more than 100 other local business leaders right here in Polk County, Florida. Whether you're starting a business right now or you've been in business for decades, we'd love to have you join us for this unique opportunity to speak with Don Miller live.
2: You know, and that's that's what we focused on making.
1: I think that's, I mean, that's huge, man. Uh, it, it, a lot of what you're saying is resonating with me because, again, you know, in my line of work, I, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs and various startups, and again, they 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 kind of miss the point of focusing on uh, a few set of things and knowing your audience, too, right? You weren't trying to, to to force something into a market that just wouldn't work. You paid attention to the market. You realized where you were. You realized where you were located, and you said, okay, this is what Tampa's is doing this is what Orlando's doing, this is what places are, that are that are doing in other cities, and other towns, and other countries, but this is this is Lakeland and this is what I need to provide to Lakeland, mm-hmm. and, it, and they responded, as opposed to just trying to force a concept mm-hmm. yeah. and, and trying to say, oh, no, this is what needs to happen. No, this is what the market is saying.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I wish there was more of that. I wish there was more of that embracing of who we are and recognizing that we're not Tampa and we're not mm-hmm. Orlando and there's no need for us to make that comparison, mm. Other than geographically, we're located in between them. Yeah. Right. And other than that, that's it. Like there is no other real true comparison to them. And we are us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let's embrace that. Let's look mm-hmm. at what Polk County culture is mm-hmm. and not, you know, I've talked very early in the first season of the um, podcast. I talked about kind of the the stigma of being from Polk County when I was going to college and, you know, telling people, oh, yeah, I'm from Polk County. I I'm for, I was from Auburndale at that point in time. And they're like, well, Auburndale, where's that? And trying to explain it to people. And then when they figured it out, they're like, oh, but you're going to college and you have all of your teeth. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. Like, that is not the way that I would characterize my my home, except that that is sometimes how we as Polk County people characterize our community. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's sometimes on us. That we're the ones responsible for the message that we're, we're conveying out into well, the world. Well, you know,
2: I think we also have a greater appreciation for self-deprecating humor. You, know? <laughs> you think
0: that's it? I think okay. so. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need to make sure we're not perpetuating that outside of the border, right? Like yeah. we can do that here, but we don't need to tell that story outside.
1: <laughs> I, I will say too, it's it's awesome to to hear that that you. I mean, you could have technically landed anywhere, but mm-hmm. you said, "Oh man, you know." Because, again, it resonated with me when you talked about it because I grew up here, too. I remember when I was younger, early 90s, nothing, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. But to see the, the growth of Lakeland and to see the individuals that are coming and the individuals that have lived here for their entire lives and are staying mm-hmm. and yeah. adding to the community and people like you is huge. But
0: yeah. what's funny you say that? I was in Auburndale, Winter Haven, as a kid. You say there was nothing in Lakeland. and We came to Lakeland because there was <laughs> nothing in Winter Haven and Auburndale. So it's really funny because, you know, the, that is my, my story of coming to Lakeland was I grew up in Winter Haven. My dad had a Hallmark store. My parents got divorced. My mom moved to Auburndale. Um, I met a guy from Lake Wales, and so I was like, let's split the difference, so we moved to Winter Haven, and then when we got divorced, I'm like, okay, I'm moving to the big city. I'm going to Lakeland. (laughs) Like, I never thought I was moving outside of Polk County. I just decided Lakeland was where I wanted to be, and so I've been here since 2008, but for me, this is why Polk Elevate Polk is the podcast, right? It's because... You know, being from different parts and knowing, you know, different corners of the community, I know there are people in Lakeland that have probably never been to Lake Wales. Mm-hmm. And there are people that have not been to Hain City, or maybe you've driven by it on 27, but mm-hmm. you don't really know the culture of what's inside of Hain City. Yeah. And we kind of have that kind of pretentious attitude of, you know, we are Lakeland, you know, mm-hmm. we're the big city. And yet at the same time, I'm that person who's like, hey, there are some really cool gems around the mm-hmm. community, and I, lo- I want to tell those stories, too. But, you know, just bringing that into this discussion because, you know, we're growing as a county, mm. not just as a city. And I think that's going to contribute to your ongoing success as the brewery continues to grow and and what you're continuing to do. So just getting off my soapbox here. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate your soapbox. I mean, it's, I mean, we do. We, You know, for me,
2: and I found myself uh, – I found – I put myself in, in the Lakeland box. It's like, you know, I'm only like, I don't, I I sometimes don't look outside of Lakeland mm-hmm. mm. or leave Lakeland very often. You know, obviously during the pandemic, we have, nobody's left and right. gone anywhere. But I, I did. I, I ventured out last week. Um, there's a new brewery that opened down in Sebring. Some friends of ours uh, finally got it open after a couple of years. And we, we got invited to uh, an industry soft opening for them on a Monday. And uh, we were, Running a little early, so Christian and I decided to stop off for lunch in Lake Wales. And I looked at him and said, what's in Lake Wales? Yes. Mm. I said, I know that they have a train museum. <laughs> and that's it. And Well,
0: they have other things. Yeah. They have a great golf course. They have um, the historic downtown in Lake, in Lake Wales is really interesting. It's really cool. Um, you know, it, it's the exploration that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like the, what's here. I mean, Bock Tower is over that mm-hmm. way, um, but really, to me, it's like to an outsider, Lakeland. What's there? I mean, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. claim to fame in many situations is that this is the headquarters for Publix. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, but until you get into the city, into the community, you don't know what's there. And what is here is treasure, right? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. every one of our cities, every one of our municipalities has treasures. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad. What? Where did you end up grabbing a bite in Lake Wales?
2: Uh, so there's this taco place that was right off of 60 and 27. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but uh, they are authentic Mexican uh, street tacos. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. We spent probably an hour at this place because mm-hmm. it was so good. We just kept ordering food, Um, and I, I happened to YOLO some money on Dogecoin that day. Shout out to Jane. I mean, I know it's tanking today, but... Uh-oh. uh Yeah, so uh, it, it was absolutely fantastic, and I felt so bad when we got down to my buddy's brewery because they had some food catered in. Oh, you uh, we were full. Oh, dude, I could not eat anymore. We slammed so many tacos. <laughs>
0: So right now in Polk County, other than Swan, what other breweries are there? I know the Front pra- Front Page mm-hmm. just opened in Bartow,
2: right? They actually opened like three days before the pandemic. pandemic yeah. yeah, wow. Have uh, you
0: have you been down to visit them yet?
2: Yeah. So I mean, uh, I have been once once when they were open. Yeah. I've been when they. They're still
0: new. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to get over there yet, but I they're definitely on my list.
2: Yeah, Johnny and Bill. Uh, I know that they've. You know, the pandemic has just been rough on anyone, but trying to open a business three days. Before mm-hmm. you are shut down by the state and are told that you can't open, I, I just it happened to us for our south location. Our south location was open January 26th and shut down March 17th, right? And so it was kind of the same, kind of the same deal. We just didn't have enough time to so just just get pointing going. that out,
0: listeners. If you don't know, there is a south location mm-hmm. of Swan and located on Lakeland Highlands. Yep,
2: Lakeland Highlands just south of
0: Edgewood in yeah. the Windixie Plaza. Yeah, so just so. make sure, like you know, if you're not always going downtown, or if you're on the south side of the of the city, you can you can enjoy the amazing, di- the discover the amazing flavors of Swan Brewing beer. Ooh, discover the amazing <laughs> flavors of Swan. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, so uh, that was I, I know that's been a really really hard thing for them, but you know they they've survived. They're still open.
1: Mm.
2: Um, I I've had their beer a couple of times. I can't say that I've had all of their beers. But I, I know them well. I've known those guys for the last couple of years yeah. um, as they were just getting up and going.
0: And what else? What else we got? we got have?
2: Grove Roots over in Winter Haven. Yep. Uh, I have a standing call with uh, my buddy Joe Dunham at uh, Grove Roots usually every other day.
0: Can you get us hooked up? I need to have him on the show.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can not, call him right not, now if you want. Tomorrow, guess, yeah. Not tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we're, like I said, I'm trying to reach yeah. into the, the east side of the county. So if you're listening and you're an entrepreneur and you're not in Lakeland, I'm kind of now going to be like not anti-Lakeland, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm looking for some guests to come. We're looking for some guests to come on the show from from different parts of the community. He, and he
2: would he would be a good one to get in here. I really um, want
0: to get that story told. Yeah.
2: yeah, he's uh, He's got a fantastic story and super smart guy. Um, I learned an incredible amount from him. Uh, again, when it's you, you start to realize that you're not the smartest person in the room, and that mm-hmm. other people um, have done things better than you, or, or you know, have done things before you have and understand the pitfalls. Uh, he was one of those who guided me along, especially during like our licensing process, which is an absolute nightmare, um, mm-hmm. and, and 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 all of the things you know, equipment and grains and how to do this and that, um, you know. But so it was nice to kind of have. Yes, competition, but not really. Right. You know.
0: What is it? Um, friend, friend edition? No, compa. Compa I don't know. <laughs> There's a word that <laughs> I've, yeah, that I don't I've know. heard. Let's actually. create a new port I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I,
1: you know, I wanted to ask you because, you know, I feel like now that you've been in business for a while, you have experience behind well, you and. But if you can go back and and to someone that's listening that maybe is a new a newer entrepreneur that is was kind of like in your position they didn't want to go back to corporate America what mm-hmm. would you advise them to do? Don't go back to corporate America. <laughs> no, uh, well, Sean
0: Ron just said that uh, today. <laughs> like if you had to ask your ten years ago self what what would you what should you know? Like vehemently mm-hmm. you would mm-hmm. say to this person your your ten year old ten years ago self, he said. Don't stay in a corporate experience for just a little bit more money, in a, mm. especially in a toxic corporate experience. But um, So what would what would your advice be? What was that
2: Baz Luhrmann song back in the day, The Wear Sunscreen? Oh, it was yes. like, you know, uh, visit, you know, California once but leave before oh. it makes you soft and visit New York once and leave before it makes mm-hmm. you hard or yes. something like that. Yes, yes. Uh, that's what I would say. And, and I I honestly have – I can say a lot of bad things about my corporate Experience. I, I was in the corporate world for about a decade, mm. um, in in tech companies and in finance companies and stuff like that. And I did. I learned a lot of good things. I learned, you know, a lot of great organizational skills. I learned a lot of semi okay communication skills. I understood how I learned how to be a presentable, um, uh, amongst people that were very influential and could make decisions on my future um but i also learned a lot about habits mm. you know i learned uh how to micromanage mm. which uh i swear i will never ever ever be in a situation where i have to micromanage or mm. be micromanaged again mm. you know management is this construct that we invented yeah. you know it's um it, it it's there to just satisfy someone's power urge you know people if if you find the right people that to fill the job that you have giving them that we practice these three principles and we teach them from day one at swan is is uh is um it's autonomy mastery and purpose Mm. um i basically i'm going to give you the tools necessary to do your job i want you to use those tools to be good at your job and to be the best at it and then understand what you're doing is for the greater good or there's Mm. a greater purpose than what you can see on the surface Mm. and so if you can get someone to understand those points you don't have to micromanage them you give them the tools to be successful get them to understand the vision and the direction that you're wanting to go mm. and they will sit there and manage themselves
1: hmm.
2: yeah.
0: well i agree with that it's 100% powerful. yeah um, and, and and that brings me back to the principles in business too like when you when you mentioned ethos and and that's to me um, you know a characterization of entrepreneurship that I would say the most successful businesses, the ones that are gonna be made to last, are the ones that are built on principles. Mm-hmm. And that they're a part of the story from the beginning. You make these decisions and you do not deviate. Right. Um, so two two examples that I have of you being in this principle place. Um, you, before you launched, you started a, uh, what's your club, what's your club called? The Royal
2: Swan Society.
0: The Royal mm. Swan Society. and. I was a day late and a dollar short mm-hmm. to getting into that club, right? And I'm like, "Come on, friend, do do me a favor, let me in this Royal Swan Club." And you're like, "No, I only had this many that I was going to sell, mm-hmm. and you're you can't have you can't have you can't be in." And yeah. I'm like, "I absolutely respect that, but dang it!"
2: <laughs> Guy Lalonde with Lakeland Moonwalk, the mm-hmm. same thing. He uh, he has been pestering me for. He even has he he took a, a empty bottle. And just a piece of paper and put his name on the piece of paper and duct taped it to the bottle and set it on our shelf.
0: Unbeknownst to you until you saw it? Until I looked up. I'm like, what is that? And he goes,
2: I'm a Royal Swan member now. Oh, you are.
0: <laughs> so that was one story. And then the other story was when, when we were in the shutdown and you were figuring out how to do pickup and mm-hmm. how to do, you know, how to, people could come and get their crowlers, mm-hmm. can growlers. And doing all of this process, and I I know you and I had this conversation about how so many breweries had been trying to figure out how to do hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. And there was like something principally, I don't, I don't remember the detail, but there was something principally wrong with that for you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, like this is the kind of character that is behind this company. Mm-hmm. And that's why I see the growth. I see the things that I think are, are improving your you know, future, you know, obviously it's been a a really big struggle, but you're built on principles. Mm -hmm. And I love that.
2: So, well, so the hand sanitizer is a little bit different of a story. Uh, not that we didn't want to, we absolutely wanted to, it was illegal. Mm -hmm. It was illegal for breweries to make hand sanitizer. Um,
0: and yet there were breweries that were doing it.
2: And so Mm. that, yes, I'm principled because the legality of it held me back. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to to be able to give back to the community in some way, and I knew that there was such a shortage, and people were just sitting there just price gouging on hand sanitizer, and it really pissed me off.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, you know, we, we needed to be able to find um, a way to do that. There wasn't a legal way for us to do it for um, the community, but what we were able to do was we were able to um, work hand in hand with Lakeland Regional. So we ended up making hand sanitizer. We just didn't make it for the public. We Got ended it. up making Lakeland, or hand sanitizer for lakeland regional hospital okay because they were running out because there was
0: a legal way to do it there was a
2: legal way to do that mm-hmm. yeah um you being able to utilize their supply chain and their pharmacist to supervise the blending and all uh, of that okay um, we were able to to go in and actually um, help supply them when they were running out
1: mm.
2: Cool. so at least i felt better because i was able to get back to my community right and give it to the most vulnerable you know yeah, yeah. Uh, not the not the person who was sitting there trying to buy five gallons of it so they could hoard it like toilet paper and gas.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Here oh, we go. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with this gas situation. I mm-hmm. hope it's a short-lived challenge. Um, but the last thing as we wrap up, you know, I, I just – what would you say is the best part of doing business in Polk County? The best part of doing business in Polk County? Mm-hmm.
2: Man, I – it's just, but I Polk County is wholesome. Mm. Mm. I
0: love that. Yes,
2: you know, and there's just as as big as it is. And I and I've I keep saying this over and over again. It's you know, Lakeland, Polk County. It is a giant county. We're still spread apart. We still have very very traditional values. And I I say that not in 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 a political way, but you know. We we f- we appreciate family. We appreciate friends. We appreciate good times. We're not pretentious. Mm. Mm. Not all of us, you know. Some of us <laughs> are, but yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I'm 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 proud to be here because it's you know there the the stigma that you talked about earlier, you know, with the oh you've still got all your teeth <laughs> and oh I can't believe that you've got a college education mm-hmm. that's slowly going away. Come on, people. There are five colleges here in town. Right. You know? Right. But when I say that I'm from Polk County, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say it yeah. because I know what that means to me. It, 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 it is wholesome. It means that, you know, I, I care about my family. I care about my friends. I care about my community. I care that we are making this place so much better that we're on an upward trajectory and not everybody is solely focused on themselves. Mm. That we have people, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm going to pat you on the back a little bit. Uh-oh. We have people like you, Chris Ann, <laughs> who care about elevating pull. Yeah, mm. But more so than just that, um, elevating each other. Yeah. You know, that there are a lot of people that you can call in trying times. You know, when I lived and worked in Tampa, I had a list of about five people that I could rely on if, if things got really, really, really bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Here, I've got a contact list. Of 100, 150 people. That but will pick that's up that because you're
0: that guy, too.
1: I don't know. Man. I'm, I...
0: I'm, I'm going to throw that right back at you because <laughs> if I, I know that and I know that people don't get on your contact list just because <laughs> they want to be needed someday, right? Mm. They get on the contact list because you've done something for them and now they're legitimately and authentically a connection that you formed over a conversation and a beer that is more than just, hey, if I need you, I'll, I'll give you a shout fair fair enough okay and and i i think that's to a
2: certain point but i i feel that that's the people in polk county though are a lot more open to being able to build those relationships
0: yeah yeah that's you true that's they don't true. feel
2: so sheltered yeah. and kind of just you know i'm a very very small person in a very 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 big pond yeah this town is huge mm. this town is incredibly
1: small yeah 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 true it, yeah and and that's the thing that I, I like what you're speaking about because it's so true because you can have access to someone that has a lot of leverage in mm. a small in a small town but has so much impact because mm-hmm. it's, again it's, it, it feels small but it's growing at a rapid rate and it isn't small at the same time yeah. yeah
0: and we also have to not lose sight of the fact that we're in when once you become a part of this myopic conversation like we're talking about a very small part of the, the of the community right mm-hmm. so I'm always like okay let's let's open it up let's open up let's open up because i don't want to lose sight of the fact that there's a person who just moved to lakeland where you were however many years ago that you came Mm -hmm. and found this amazing gem of a city and where i came from you know being from winter haven and you know kind of feeling my way around right so to me the idea that the wholesomeness the the openness the warmth that we exude as you get into this conversation with people is what I want people to remember Polk mm-hmm. County by, right? Mm-hmm. Like yep. the connection isn't just come in and and your family, but it's come in and be a part of the conversation long enough and consistently enough that we can know we can count on you, right? And then as soon as we can know that you're part of you're you're mm. you're in the culture, you're in the fabric. Mm. So yeah, this is why I love you. What a great <laughs> conversation! Like we said at the beginning, I'm like I want to get the story told, but I also wanted people to really truly hear the great human being that you are and you brought it. You brought it big time. Yeah, it was awesome
2: hearing your story, man. Thank you. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to talk about being the pixie dust spreader on the Tilted World this time, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we didn't (laughs) want to hear that story anyway. Um, So anything you want to say as you wrap up?
2: I just, I really appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on uh, today. I... It has been a very, very long time since I've been on a podcast, and uh, it's the, these are fun. These yeah. are fun communicate the, or conversations to have.
0: Just think, you could do it every week if you wanted to. <sighs> Man, I know you're pushing me towards it. <laughs> I think know. it's going to happen. Keep so pushing
1: the plug. Be on the lookout yeah. for a
0: a, a <laughs> Polk County Brewery Podcast Extraordinaire in the future.
1: I, I
2: guarantee you it will be R-rated. That's uh, you know, that's
0: fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm you at your podcast. You do what you want. You do you, friend. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And remember, we have a new episode each week, so be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And remember to leave us a review. We promise to read every one. And you can always find all all of our episodes at elevatepolk.com. And if there's something you want to hear about on an upcoming episode, somebody in the east side of the county that needs to have their story told on Elevate Polk, reach out to us on Facebook at Elevate Polk. Yeehaw, y'all.